Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We are back with the Flowtrack Podcast. I'm Kevin, joined by Gordon, who in a couple days is going to be venturing across the country to watch a Sixers game in person. Do I have that right? You're going to Philadelphia to watch their, their home game against the Heat? Oh, I wish. I wish. First of all, they're not even playing the Heat. Obviously, they're not playing at home. Come on, man. You're just trying to make an NBA joke. I want to see uh, how I many things go- I could get wrong. I am going to – I keep on saying the place wrong. Shen- Shenandoah mm. or Shenandoah? Shenandoah. Shenandoah. Have you heard of that? I've never been there, but I know Shenandoah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> National Park. Going there next week. This should be fun. Go camping. Okay. We're probably won't camp. We're not camping. We're going hiking. We'll we'll sleep nice. in a hotel. I'm very excited for you. But you're still gonna be doing pods, is that correct? That's the plan. I mean, I'm notorious for my McDonald's parking lot pods from <laughs> earlier in the pandemic. So I gotta yes. keep that going. I'll try to find a McDonald's out there in Virginia. No, I don't know. I mean we'll have hotel internet, so I can still do pods there. And uh yeah, I got a COVID test before. Uh, because I'm going mm-hmm. to visit uh, JoJo's family, and her mother asked us to get a test. So, have you ever gotten a test mm-hmm. before? It's wild. No, no. How did, did it hurt? We asked Brazier how he how he handled. Well, you said it. you have got that. You you never gotten a no, test? no. I haven't. No, no, no. Oh, not a COVID. Yeah, test, no. it's it's a well. Well, here. Okay, so first of all, I kind of fibbed. Hopefully the government isn't listening to this podcast, but it kind of fit because I didn't want to have to pay for the test. So I knew that when I fill out the form, I have to like pretend that I have symptoms in order for them to be like, yeah, come get a test. So I said I had a cough and had shortness of breath, which I think technically is the truth after I run, you know, because after I run, I have shortness of breath. Sometimes I cough a bit. So I was like, well, technically I do have these symptoms and I run every day. So I have them every day. How much would so, the test have cost? I don't know, but I didn't want to. So I just fell out the form, boom, 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 boom. And then it says, it didn't say congratulations, but it says you are eligible for a test. Come this time. Oh, you pick a time. There's a lot of time slots. I go drive to this parking lot, like Home Depot parking lot. And it was super empty. So I didn't feel bad. It's not like it was like a long line of like everyone getting tests and you're taking someone from a test from someone who needs it. It was a short line. We had a 30-minute window. The whole thing took like seven minutes. You drive mm-hmm. around through like this maze. I felt like I was in like a, a line at an amusement park. You go through it. They make you sh- – you have to keep your windows rolled up. You uh, go in, and they ask you to show your ID. But you're kind of confused because they're like in hazmat suits. You kind of feel like you're in like some like apocalypse-like <laughs> movie. And you have to show the ID – and they're like, okay. And then you go to a next spot, and then they ask you to show your ID a second time. You're like, okay. And then you go to the third spot, and they ask you to show the ID a third time. And you're like, all right. You show the ID. And JoJo was with me. We both got tests. And then they give us a tissue. They say, roll up the window and blow the nose. Do that. Then they roll back down. And then you have to tilt your head back. And then they say they're going to put the thing up your nose for 10 seconds. And let me tell you, that is a very long 10 seconds. You think 10 seconds is not long, but when there's something up your nose trying to scratch in the side of your brain, 
It's a long ass ten seconds, Ugh. and then it was it. And it doesn't hurt. It just is like annoying, and it's really annoying because they only do it in one nostril. And so it's like one of those things is like you kind of want them to do the other nostril to even it out because right now one nostril just feels so like weird and tickly. You kind of want to like scratch the other side. But that was it. Did you cry? And we waited. No, I didn't cry. I th- wow. I was thinking though about what Donovan said when that was happening. I was like, ooh, I might cry. This is what happened. But like it does, it does mess with you a bit. It does, it does mess with you a bit. And then we drove off. And then three days later, got an email, both negative. Uh, and if Michael Scott found out that news, he would not be happy because, as you know, in the <laughs> great Michael Scott office classic, finds out that Kevin is negative when he doesn't have skin cancer and Mike freaks out. So, but I knew that Apparently, negative was a good thing in this situation. In the medical community, negative is a good thing, which I did not yeah. know. Well, yeah, that the description and Donovan's description for me was enough to really, really dissuade me from ever uh, getting getting a test. Uh, thankfully, I've not had any symptoms. Before we get into today's topic, so I, I love to rewind to the previous day. I just love to do it because. I'm such a big fan of the Gordon Lincoln edition of the show because there's at least one thing, and usually the that 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 jumps out to me that makes me shake my head, and usually it's something you say that is somewhere between idiotic and infuriating. But this time it was is Lincoln, and I'm, this wasn't infuriating. This was just funny to me. But the the idea of the Galen Rupp million dollar contract. Yeah, I don't think he makes a million dollars. Base, I don't either. And when you said, yeah. hey, he makes probably 200, what well, you said, 200, 300 a year as base. Yeah. And Lincoln, with such certainty, was like, no, 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 800 to a million. <laughs> Lincoln's a big as fan if he's of on re- he's on He's on Real GM or something, like looking up his numbers. I think I would be stunned if his base salary was a million dollars. I think he makes him, I think he does make a million dollars a year in running between prize money, appearance fees, and the bonuses in his Nike contract. Like, you make an Olympic team. You get this much money. You break a record. You get this much money. You finish in the top whatever at the Chicago Marathon. You make this much money. I think he gets over a million that way. But base, a million base, I don't I don't see it. To make two, three appearances a year, I don't see it. Yeah, it's, it's, very, uh, it's a very efficient way of making money, right? You only have to show up. You only do like four interviews <laughs> and you just yeah. get a million-dollar check. <laughs> And all you gotta do is put on their clothes. It's just like, well, yeah. all right. I mean, who wouldn't want to take that deal? Well, but yeah, yeah I, don't, appearance- I mean, I don't know, right? Well, the the appearances are an interesting point because maybe he does stuff that we don't see. Like maybe there's internal Nike things that he goes to, and just because he's not on social media and he doesn't post about the stuff, we don't know about it. But at least the forward facing stuff, the stuff we do see, like it's the bare minimum. Of what he's doing, yeah, he just right? Goes to like, NXN, and that's it. Right, right. Goes to NXN. He did he go to Arcadia one year? I'm not sure. I mean, he showed up at the Nico Young time trial, but that was down the street from well, his house, good. and that wasn't it. It wasn't a Nike thing. Also, yeah, it's because Mike also shared Mike's the same coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike was like, "Hey, uh, Galen, can you uh, don't don't uh, take an Uber? COVID." Uh, so he <laughs> that was a good. We need to clip that. That was a great impression of mike smith talking to his athlete about going on uber instead of lift, going on lyft instead of uber yeah i can make the you you do you want the non uh rough version and now the nau version hey uh yeah. hey uh luis don't take an uber there that's it okay uh but like even the day i think it was the day after the trials in atlanta there was some media availability for something and five of the qualifiers showed up and and he was the one that didn't, which you know, whatever. It's his it's his own decision. But I but I just I say that when when I think about well, how much how much money are they are they paying him? I mean, the amount of people that are a million dollars base in track and road running all throughout the world is incredibly low, incredibly low. Yeah, and I also thought like the reason why it's incredibly low is like there's not a market out there to like. So like, hey, you don't give me a million dollars, I'll go over to these five other places. They'll give me a million dollars. Like that's not happening. So, right. Well, and and the shoes are getting brought up again because of the World Athletics decision, and it made me think. It's it'd be one thing if he was constantly on social media pushing shoes. I'm talking about like Rupp, 
of just yeah. like, hey, I try, I got these new alpha flies and, and check them out. He's not doing that sort of stuff. He's not doing, he's not in commercials, even toward even like niche commercials, right? Even not, not even, oh, this is going to play at halftime at the Super Bowl, but like, hey, we made this commercial that goes on social media specifically for running nerds and they were able to, you know, target those ads on Facebook or whatever just for running nerds. Like he's not doing any of that stuff. And I don't think is Nike any worse for wear? Is are, are the Alpha Flies could they could they be selling more Alpha Flies if the best marathoner in the United States for the men was pushing them more? I don't I don't think so. I think they've squeezed that sponge as much as they can. I do think Galen Rupp is a unicorn, though, in this situation, in that he, I think it probably mainly is becomes from having Alberto Salazar as your coach, is that I think Alberto, I mean, okay, this is 100% me just guessing. So take it with a giant grain of salt. But I, I bet, I have a feeling that during previous contract negotiations, I'm sure Alberto was like, hey, I don't want my athlete having to do this BS sales stuff for nike you know we create this like contract be like he is only going to care about winning medals he's only going to care about training and his contract is not a advertising contract it is you want him to be the best contract so i feel like maybe he's been legacied into not because i mean he's the only great track athlete who doesn't have a social media account and he's allowed to do that. And I think Nike, I think if some if some kid came out, came was coming up and was like, I don't want to do social media, it'll be a lot harder for a shoe contract to be a shoe company to be like, okay with that. I think yeah, Galen kind of was kind of legacied in and didn't have to do with that whole stuff because kind of social media happened, I guess, when he was I mean, social media really didn't start until like 20 i mean twitter didn't really take off until like 2011 2012 i know right. that because i was in i was an ra in college and uh i had to do a theme for my dorm right you know you, yeah. you remember that people themes my my junior year as an ra my theme was google uh but my senior year my theme was twitter and everyone, all these freshmen are like, this is stupid. And I was like, this is a great idea. If you want to know what's happening in a dorm, you just follow his Twitter account and you can know when there's free pizza in the lobby. But like, no, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Like, it was just not, it was well, too John, new of a concept. But it's yeah. Johns Hopkins, too. You're not necessarily yeah. getting the, the the brightest kids at Johns Hopkins. I, I was in college at the same time as Galen Rupp, at the same college as, as Galen Rupp. We overlapped a little bit, and F Facebook was just taking off. To give you to give you an idea, right? I remember yeah. specifically my sophomore year, a friend of mine who was from the Bay Area and had friends at at Stanford, which was one of the first ones out on the West Coast that started doing it. And he said, "Hey, look at this thing called Facebook." And I was like, "Well, what is this?" And then everybody obviously caught on like wildfire immediately on college campuses. So yeah, he didn't grow up in it, and then you know he has posted time to time a few things, but clearly it's not his favorite. So yeah, he just is like, "Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to do that." And don't forget this part about him being legacied in. He was the centerpiece of the big Nike investment in track and field, which was the Nike Oregon project. So for them, that was enough. Hey, do this, win races, prove, prove that American distance running can compete with the rest of the world, right? That was the whole goal. And they had Salazar as the spokesperson and the coach heading that up, obviously has gone in a completely different direction from where they intended. But you're right. I think they got they got value out of out of it from that. But now, like, what is the value at at, at this point, right? Because I think people when they're going to buy shoes, they're more influenced by somebody in their club who put them on and ran the Austin Marathon and PR'd by eight minutes than they are an elite runner who they don't associate with at all. Because okay, the elite runner is fast because they're elite. They're crazy. They're running two hundred five, or they're running two fifteen. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think they're very influenced by just like whatever. Like, if you give out a free shoe and like, oh, I liked it, and then when yeah. that shoe's done, and you're like, I got to get new shoes. Like, I want to keep this shoe, so you go buy that shoe. You know, I mean, I was influenced yeah. uh, purely by whatever my first shoe as like a freshman in college, freshman in high school, and then just never changed. Right. So, 
you gotta get them young, and then once they're in, they're kind of just like set on their ways. It's like I like the way it fits, and I like what we yeah. say the the upper or the, the you know all these shoe technology <laughs> words. Which, the, the, what, ah, dude, what? the in, the interior, exterior, Kalamazoo cornucopia. I don't know what these words are. Ten millimeter drop, what? bro. The Ten drop. millimeter drop. What? Who says the word drop when it comes about the shoe? Like. I feel when you go to the amount of technology words that go around a a, a shoe is ridiculous, uh, and that's why when this news came out about the World Athletics changing their shoe rules, I was like, not again! I don't care yeah, it's if it's hurt. two two centimeters or fifty centimeters. I mean, fifty centimeters would be really big. That'd be like, <laughs> be like a moon shoe. Yeah. It would look like a Kipchoge's spice Duncan. girl out there. Yeah, uh, yeah but yeah. you know what I mean. I just I don't care about the technology of shoes. It just as long as it doesn't have like a gas engine motor inside of it, it's like I'm good. But you know, other people want to like think about the little intricacies of this, that, and the other thing. What are your thoughts on yeah. this? Why don't we explain what are the new shoe rules? Once again, it's 2020, and we're talking about shoes. What are the new rules? Yeah. Well, it seems to be the major one is that there was a four-month period where they needed to be on the market before they could debut them in competition. That has been eliminated. And what that produced in the early months was brands releasing a select amount to their email list or their specific run club. So they would manufacture, oh, 300 pairs, right? So then technically it's available to the public because everybody can can do that it's they're not just giving them out to pro athletes uh that's gone which honestly i don't think that's going to make a huge deal i think that was all just a way to try to get people try to get world athletics a heads up on if something was coming <laughs> that they needed to be aware of and, and and prepare for it but they were those were those rules were kind of being um sk not skirted but but you know the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law there um i don't know i don't think i don't think this is gonna have much of an impact on beyond what we've already what we've already seen but it's still early days people are figuring out a way to to exploit these rules for sure um i saw that the sprint spikes the stack height is five um what's the 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 distance spikes are 25 and the sprint spikes are 20 so they 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 drop that down but Altogether, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't think this is going to make a huge, tangible difference. Okay, twenty-five millimeters, twenty millimeters. So you're telling me, right? If someone is out there, if Donovan Brazier runs the world record in twenty-six millimeter shoes, it, he's it's like not real. Like it's bullshit. It's still real. Twenty-six, I thought. think, is super. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, the chances you know of Donovan I mean, Brazier change. Yeah. He's not changing his shoes. That, see, that's the whole, that's the whole thing that like is, is fundamental to understanding, especially with, with regard to track spikes, right? Shelby is still in those old shoes. I think Brazier uh, last year, you can go look, but if I'm remembering correctly, didn't wear the new shoes in Doha at all either. People like to wear what they've worn before. It's different on the, definitely different on the roads with this big leap forward of, okay, now we're jumping in 40 millimeter shoes, but he's going to stick with what he's been, what he's been wearing, I think. And if he does tweak it, it's going to be slightly higher because if you start talking and, about, I mean, that's, it's like, in, like kind of flirting with injuries too, right? On the track, wearing yeah. spikes and then getting a more aggressive shoe. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that if I was already good, already established. No, I wouldn't change it either. Uh, and I and most people won't are like they're gonna be like after every race gonna be checking this. This is also like a performative theater rule because they're not gonna check every dang spike that is run on the track. Like it's just right. I don't know. I mean, they. I know after the marathon they took Jake Riley's shoes and they took them back to Monaco to be tested. So maybe yeah. they just the qualifiers or the people who are in are in the metal hunt, but to, it seems like what you should do, right? Do you remember in high school when you were in high school and you ran, or even when you were in college and they had the call room or you had the checking area and they would check your Jersey, 
right? Or yeah. in the field or they events, check they your check, spikes. They, right. They so just spikes. they should Christmas trees, which makes no sense. Why are there Christmas tree spikes if no one's allowed to use Christmas tree spikes? Like, why do they make them? Or or needle spikes if no one's allowed to use it. I don't understand that every indoor track has banned a certain type of spike. But why do they keep making those spikes? Who's using them if they're all banned? That's what I don't understand. There's a secret track out there that you know know about that's only Christmas tree spikes. We haven't told you yet. That's why they're manufacturing them? Like, yes. Do, do you Your think life has people been a lie, have, Like, if like a running store is like selling Christmas tree spikes to kids, is <laughs> that person, that's an ethical mess. That's ethically messed up. We need to find that those stores and be like you know you're it's like selling people uh placebo spikes because you know you're not gonna be able to use them mm -hmm. you're just getting free money the fake spikes yeah, yeah, anyway yeah. sorry all right what are you saying no Go back to well check basically in. i was saying yeah yeah i was just saying it, it, road racing it might be harder because there's hundreds of people but it's not too difficult when they check in for someone to yeah look at the bottom of the spikes make sure they're legit and look at the size or maybe they have a little ruler right there and they're able to measure them that way if there is an issue you find it before so then we don't have to talk about it after that's my thing i just want there to be a rule and then we stop talking about it because i know people love this stuff and it's fun i guess to debate in terms of like which which shoes give you the best advantage but there's enough reasons to cast aspersions on track and field performances we don't need it to be associated with the shoes as well too so let's just settle on something uh, let's get as much agreement as we can and then and then enforce it and then move forward from there. Do you, know you what remember I'm looking for looking forward to? Uh, what, what are you, you looking forward to? Well, no, I'll just I'm just looking say forward that, to uh, Jared Ward was saying how eventually like innovation would sort of the market would sort of take care of it, right? Because eventually you can't get too high because eventually if you build them so high, then they get heavier and then you you can't balance as well. So there is going to be a natural leveling point. Like you can't just you can't apply the slippery slope to the argument in perpetuity. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, I just think I I would say you know what I'm looking for not looking forward to the crossover between uh, these new shoe rules with whereabouts failures. There's gonna be like three whereabouts failures of showing that you have legal shoes. Like you're just gonna miss checking in three different times at three different track meets that they didn't prove that your shoe was under 25 millimeters, and then boom, two year ban. Yeah, that's what I feel that like. Would be this very world has become 2020. That'd be very 2020. Very but but people are used to the check in thing because that starts at an early age within track and field. And I don't know. I haven't heard of too many issues where they swap your spikes. Have you heard about any times when someone's friend Ooh, threw them different spikes I've, out of the track? I mean. Let's be honest. We all have that one kid at, at uh, in high school who did that. I did that. I remember I didn't have the right spike, so I just like showed the wrong one. But you didn't use illegal spikes. You didn't use illegal spikes. You just used different Maybe. spikes. Or did you, did you use Christmas tree spikes? I'll tell you, man. I was really upset that they sold me those Christmas trees when I was a 14-year-old. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? They didn't prepare me for life. And I was very upset. So... <laughs> I'm not gonna say what track it was, but you know maybe a, they had you. a couple laps of messed up holes in them because of my holiday spikes. I heard the BU track is made up of ground Christmas tree spikes. Is that true? <laughs> I think so. No, but like seriously, where there's got to be a place where they're made. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, I know some of those long those needle spikes. I think were intended for dirt tracks, and up until. A few years dirt ago, there were still dirt tracks. There were like oh, 20 like years ago. Yeah. Well, not like 15 years ago, maybe there were still there were still some dirt tracks. I remember. So it's like seeing not accepting two dollar bills places. anymore. Like we used to manufacture two dollar bills, but now we're not. You know, we don't accept yeah, that yeah, yeah. Just changing changing with the times because you used to be able to. Uh, I think put whatever you wanted on. You could attach a, a a steak knife to the bottom of your shoe back in the 70s, and they'd be like, all right, go for it. It's dirt. We're going to be all good. Those were the days. You get anyone's ever tried to like, right. run on with cleats or something like that, soccer cleats? <laughs> go run a 400 in soccer cleats? <laughs> too heavy, though, too, I guess. Uh, London Marathon, Gordon, still hoping to have an elite race. 
in the beginning of October. I know we have to touch on yeah. every topic that we do every single every single week. Race cancellation time, but they're not they're not pulling the plug yet. They're still saying they might they might do it on October the fourth. World Athletics also I mean, said that Olympic qualifying is open for roads as well too. I mean, it's extremely, uh, in my opinion, okay Likely. and safe for 20 men and 20 women to run outside for a little over two hours on closed roads. Yeah. Like, you're not going to kill grandma that way, in my opinion. Test 20 people. We're good. Hey. They're going to social distance themselves after a few, after, you know, 30 minutes. It's going to be fine. I mean, we've been seeing it. But the, we see these roads. I mean, what? What did you say? The question was always, with the London Marathon, the question wasn't just, is it safe, though? The question is, would they want to put on an elite-only race? That was always the question to me. I mean, when you have Kipchoge versus Bekele, why don't you want that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I want that. I want that for sure. I know you want that. And the running world wants that, but I didn't know if financially it made sense for them to still do it. I think it's going to be live on FlowTrack in Canada. Okay. So well, there you go. All you Canadian listeners out there, you get to watch it. Also, is VPN, there any guarantee? Change it. Is there <laughs> change your server to to Vancouver and you can watch it? Is there any guarantee that Kipchoge and Bekele will be there? That would be the ultimate is, is like worst thing ever. What's the contract? <laughs> like, right, we're gonna do it, and then like Kipchoge and Bekele just like I'm not doing it, and then they're like, "Really? We're going through all this effort to have this race that was about you guys, and you don't even want to come?" Well, honestly, like what the Patriots honestly, are doing. They, they're all pulling out of the NFL. Honestly, though, see that? Yeah. No, what do they do? What are the Patriots? Five saying? players have already said they're not competing this playing this season. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't say that, but, but dude, if you're in charge of the London marathon before, and you're only doing an elite race, you have to check with Kipchoge before you go ahead. Right. To decide if this is <laughs> yeah. worth it. Or is that just, is that just me? You gotta, the, you gotta open who, up a zoom call. Their, yes. Because <laughs> what, what, if, what if like? it's like, <laughs> you, you want Kipchoge and Bekele. And then at the start line, you have just like the eighth best guy in Britain going against the 12th best guy in Britain. No disrespect to them, but the whole reason you put the race on is because people want to see this once-in-a-lifetime matchup. That would be hilarious. Or they're like, I'm all in, and then they literally get COVID like right beforehand. And they're like, all right, it's okay if Kachogi gets COVID because he's going to be so far up front of everyone, so no one has to worry about it. Like He's like the yeah. exception to the rule. It's like, if you're fat, if, you, if you're running sub-two-hour pace, you can have COVID. I just... <laughs> Hopefully that's not a rule, but I I think I I, I think if they're gonna do an elite race, it's gotta be it's gotta be with the same people. I I do wonder about the contract, right? I wonder how much that was was something written in initially that says you need to compete in the 2020 London Marathon and in the date October. is unspecified. Yes, exactly. We didn't tell you which month in October. And then they're still under under contract. Now we've seen you know people could scratch, people could get hurt, people could just decide not to do it. There's been plenty of that in the world of marathoning. But man, that would be that would be strange to have that race without without those two guys. I wonder how much they're going to change the course. I'm really interested in seeing if they do it and and how they do it because the logistics involved too, of course, are going to be mighty interesting. I'm guessing they would not do the same the same course. It would need to be something loop, something where you could control the the crowds a little bit. But you also just decrease the crowds dramatically by only having 40 people out there. Another uh, news out on the other side of the... What do you say? On the other side of the... How do you, pond. What's the, 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 the pond, that's it. Why do they call the Atlantic Ocean a pond? It's not a pond. It's an ocean. It doesn't make any sense. It's a big-ass sure? pond. Are you are you sure? I think they meant to be taken literally in that sense. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. I, uh, but another Diamond League got canceled. We didn't mention it because in our previous pod where we talked about the Shanghai Diamond League getting canceled, the Gateshead Diamond League got canceled as well. Did you mention that? No, and I seriously did not know that. So I didn't know if you were joking just to test me on Diamond no, League No, I think it canceled. 
Wait, so what are we down to? Okay, so we're down. I'm going to bring it up. We're down to Monaco, Stockholm. Yeah. Oh, that, that one was previously announced, I think. Monaco, Stockholm, Lausanne, Brussels, Napoli. Rome, so five. Rome and, five. Rome, Rome and Doha. There's Doha in, in October, right? They're doing that. If there's one I would oh, bet yeah. on, it's Doha in October. <laughs> they are and the doing China one got canceled. The unnamed China one hasn't been canceled yet. Right. So there could be there could be a seventh, yes. But it is canceled because yeah. they canceled all the other China ones. But whatever. But yeah. Gateshead, well, it was supposed to be on it was supposed to be on September twenty third. Got canceled. They canceled the 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 then they canceled the Chinese stop in the Continental Tour too. And and Shanghai. Okay. But the un so yeah they canceled Shanghai and the Chinese stop in the Continental Tour, but they have yet to cancel the Diamond League, the, the second Diamond League that's in China with, in an unknown location and unknown date. They have yet to cancel that one. Can't cancel the me one if where you we don't know where we, it is or when it is. Yeah, I know it's like does a, a bear shit in the woods. I don't know. We, we don't know. <laughs> uh. Look, we talked before about how 2020 is still producing some good track times. And we said that before Trayvon Bromel ran 990 and Miller Weibo ran 1098. So I think it's still going to be good. I did see we had talked about the final PTC meet coming up on Friday. I did see Ken Go the Oregonian say that there's going to be another NOP meet also on Friday. So I don't know if that's going to be in the same place like could they merge is that the final form here we'll get btc versus julian's group maybe i don't know i mean how many Ooh. how many timing companies are available and how many tracks are available in the portland area on friday right now i don't know i mean they're all available Okay. Well, no that's doing my anything. Question. But they are, well, right? I mean, there's just there's empty tracks, right? I mean, in terms of just the logistics, I guess well, they've been using Jesuit for all the other ones except for that last bigger friendly which was out by the river there. I mean, no one wants to say this. No one really wants to say it, but they're going to talk about how like we're following these different protocols and like we're doing it this way, this way and we got the approval from here, here, here. I guarantee you government does not care about 20 people going to a, a track and running in, in circles for a few for a few moments for like an hour. I mean, I go oh, yeah, to I our local track every every other day and I'm not like calling the the mayor, "Hey, we got to work out. We're doing a 4 by 800 when you get it done. I got the testing protocol. No, no. I got a hazmat suit ready I don't to go." Think I think they're more just trying to make sure it's safe for the athletes participating because if they did have a positive, then it's just impacting a bunch of other other people within the track community. I think that's why they're following it. I don't think – yes, uh, on the list of the priorities of the government, this would be extremely low. What I don't get and what I haven't understood throughout all of this is they say that they're going to have a meet, right? But then they never say what they're going to run. And, and they always talk about we want to keep the information low because we don't want to attract a crowd. But wouldn't the crowd come regardless of what they're running? It's like, you know, I'm not going to go if Shelby Houlihan's running a 3K. But if she's running a 5K, then I'm definitely going to go out there. I don't know why they can't. I get not saying the location because you don't want to – or the time that it starts. But just can, can you let us know who's running what more than a day in advance? We know it's happening. You know, simple ideas like, hey – promoting this sport in an interesting way is coaches don't really care about that they just care about like oh we gotta tell people oh, all right fine oh we gotta, we gotta funny, they... i mean remember that the first bowerman race wasn't even filmed they're like oh it was like filmed by like a timer and different like angles yeah. it's because i think they realize like, oh i guess people care about what we do i guess there's a reason why we're paid to run oh because there's fans who want to watch it right you know well but you know what what you said made me think though Yes, the coaches may not be that into it, and at that level, there may not be the interest. But now that everybody has their own Instagram and their own platform and their own brand that they want to build, aren't athletes the ones now pushing for it to get more publicity? 
I mean, for Bowerman, like, for sure. I mean, that's why they have a YouTube channel. That's why they're like, it's athletes who are running the Instagram account for them. Like, it's it's not Jerry. Jerry's like, oh, I guess, yeah, do your Instagrams. Like, when Craig Angles is out there wearing a mink jacket and like doing all these videos and stuff like that while being coached uh, in the same group led by Alberto Salazar. Salazar wasn't be like, hey, Angles, can you like lead our social media? He was like doing it on his own and they just let him do it because they're like, you know, in their perspective, kids are going to be kids, right? These 25-year-old yeah. kids. So, yeah, it's it's on the, the athletes are the ones who are really promoting, who are like leading the cause for uh, exposure. I mean, Gags isn't the one who's up and running the Hoka New Jersey New York Track Club TikTok. Like, he's not doing that. It's, it's Kyle Merber, right? I don't know if they have a TikTok, well, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because who benefits when the when all these races and athletes and performances are promoted, right? It's it's the athletes that benefit from that ultimately, and that you know the fans get get to know, but then the the get get to know about the events, but then the fans then tune in and are plugged in and want to listen to what the athlete has to say. So, I think the days of them relying on other people to do that level of promotion are are gone, and they're just going to do it themselves because they now understand the value. Of doing that stuff, which I think is 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 an interesting twist. Just more more control over it, which which I don't know if that's going to. I mean, it's we definitely are seeing more athletes just like stream their stuff on Instagram for better or for worse, but usually for better because they just get more athletes figure out the ways to connect with with fans. But I, th- I think everybody else being complacent, I think they realized they were losing out in that scenario. Right, because if no one yeah. pays attention, it's it's their performance that's not getting highlighted when they run well. Yeah. Yo, so here's the deal. Changing yep. the topic. Talk about cross country again. Obviously, I think. Oh. Well, there, there. So there was another conference that canceled the season or postponed or whatever. Not doing, not doing cross country, and basically every conference that is canceling, they're all in the Northeast area of our country. So America East is already out. Ivy League, Patriot, and A-10, and CAA. Now, another conference that just came out and said I'm out is the MAC. Not to be confused with the MAC. This is the other MAC, not Gordon MAC, but the M-A-A-C, which is the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. The, The conference with Iona. The conference with Iona. They should just call it the Iona Conference for cross country. But anyway. So now that they are out, these let's say, okay, so check this out. So I'm gonna just talk about the men. All right. There are okay. a total of 43 men's teams that sponsor cross country that are in the Northeast Regional. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are the teams that are now not running. The number one, two, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 14, 15, 17, 18, 20, 21, 22, 23, 25, 27, 28, 30, 31, 32, 34, 36, 37, DNF, 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 DNF. Those are the teams that have canceled their season. That's mm-hmm. a lot. So basically, to put it in Lehman's terms, these are the teams that are left. The team that finished second, which is Syracuse. So, okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. So Syracuse there. The next best team is UConn, who finished eighth last year. UConn, the team that doesn't have cross country after this season. So UConn could potentially make NCAAs in their final year of eligibility of being sponsored by their school. Then there's Providence is 13th, then Buffalo 16th, Wagner 19th. There are only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, not nine teams that actually put together a team last year at Northeast mm-hmm. Regional, that are still on schedule to have a season. So they're going from 43 to 9. That is insane. Uh, like There's, there's going to be less people at this regional than there are going to be at their conference meet. <laughs> yeah. I think we're not going to have regionals. I think that's what this, this tells me. If there is a season, there will not be regionals. The chance of yeah. the season happening is depending on who you talk to anywhere from 50 50 to zero I think that's that's I don't think anybody's more optimistic than than, than 50 50 
And then if they do have a season, it's going to be drastically different because there won't be, they won't have regionals under the same format because of the reason you just mentioned. That wouldn't be equitable because that was just the Northeast, right? You said the Mid-Atlantic before has also been yeah. decimated really by all this. So, you know, the the big invitationals are gone too, right? Pre-Nats, or sorry, not Pre-Nats. Nuttycomb is gone. Griak is gone. If there is a season, it will not resemble years past at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just think it's hilarious that if we did try to have a normal season, and then the Northeast region is just like 11 teams. I mean, yeah. and if the Northeast Conference, the NEC, also pulls out, then we would only, if they pull out, then it means the Northeast Regional for the men would have Syracuse, UConn, Providence, Buffalo, and Boston College. It would be a five-team region if the Northeast region pulls out. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a... I but mean... Is there any world when I, they do that? That the Northeast region... That the Northeast Conference pulls out as well? I can see Northeast no, Conference no, no, pulling no, no, out. No, no, no. <laughs> Is there any world in which they keep regionals the way they are? I mean, you would think that they would combine Northeast and Mid-Atlantic, right? But... I mean, what you? How are you going to pick who goes in? If there's no regional, how are you going to decide who goes to NCAA's? Because there's no way to get points. No one's. There's going to be no meets that are point getting meets. Yeah, they're going to have to have regionals, dude. Well, not in the same form I, is what I'm saying. They'd have to just sprinkle those teams in. I, I talked to one coach a couple weeks ago, and their pushback on having regionals had to do with the fact that traveling a week before NCAAs and that would become problematic too. So I think so they should people let would want to me move decide it. who goes to the NCAAs. Is that what they're trying to say? It's like, Gordon well, decide? no, I think what I, I think, yes, I think, I think everybody wants to see you finally <laughs> fulfill your destiny and take over NCAA cross country. <laughs> I think they're just talking about with, with testing and the, the transmission of the virus, you'd want more than, because what is it right now? Like you know, literally seven days, right? Between, I guess, eight because they run it on, they go Friday, right? So you want more than eight days to make sure uh, that that everything's good, especially because cross country, you do have huge gaps in time. It wouldn't make sense to go back to back so that quickly. With this, coach saying, this coach is saying they want to cancel regionals? They were saying that the current regionals, having a meet eight days before NCAAs, would not be a good idea if you want NCAAs to go off without a hitch. That's what, or so minimal maybe, hitches, I guess, at this point. Yeah. So, like moving NCAAs to like end of December type thing and like I mean, shifting the season back. Yeah. They didn't offer any of that, but I just don't think that fact combined with what you're saying with now a lot of these regions are uh, torn apart, decimated. They, 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 it doesn't seem to to make a whole lot of sense to keep it that way. Are you hearing anything else? What, what else are your sources telling you? Anything new? I know August 4th now is our new day. After Friday, you really got everybody excited and we're refreshing the Board of, Board of Governors retweets all day. Well, August 4th is the next date, but it also That's is the, the last day. date. That's the day. That is the, this time. Well, this time, I mean it. It's like, you know, in 2012 when everyone was predicting the mind calendar and then there was that random preacher guy who picked like a remember the preacher guy who picked at the end of the world that went viral? You know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of those guys. Yes. Yes. Anyway, just, just I was kind of when you were doing the Twitter it. thing in your dorm. Yeah. Yeah. I had like my like local time and date up on my laptop during that to see like, hey, what if something crazy happens? You know, it'll be awesome. Uh, but uh you, no. This time I mean it, August 4th, we're gonna find out because you can't delay, you can't kick the can. Eventually, football needs to start. And my prediction is they're going to cancel everything except for FBS football. I think they're going to say, hey, instead of a school having to monitor 250 false student-athletes, they only have to monitor 80 false student-athletes. Look at us. We've reduced the risk by 66% because we care about the future of our children, a.k.a. why would we risk running athletes that don't make money? We're only going to risk playing athletes that make money, which are the football players. So I think that's what they're going to do. Uh and the coaches that I talk so, to agree. That's what they think. Yeah. So you're reporting that is what you're saying? So I'm not reporting it, but I am regurgitating <laughs> it. 
Listen. I have so I have interactions with coaches who say they think everything's going to get canceled except for FBS football, and that it's the next step is deciding whether or not it's canceled, canceled, or winter cross or spring cross. You were you were with me in Albuquerque, and I might have made this comparison before, but isn't all of this sort of feeling like three hours before the meet was called in Albuquerque? where we're waiting and waiting and waiting and this conference drops out and then we're figuring out, Ooh, well, if this conference drops out, what's that going to mean for the, the, the team title? And then you talk yeah. to this coach and this coach is like, no, we're running, we're going, we're here. They're taking their team through their pre-race warm up, And then you talk to another coach who's basically resigned to, yeah, this thing's going to get canceled any minute now. Oh, is the press conference going to happen? Oh, is there going to be a coach's meeting? I don't know what's going to happen. Like that, that day right now, is just stretched out over this past month, I feel like, with all college sports. Because the one thing you and I kept saying when we were in Albuquerque, and the one thing that I think people are saying now is, who's going to step up and make this final decision? Because they were waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, who's going who's gonna to do it? Like, who's going to blink first? And eventually, for track, right, it was the conferences. The conferences started pulling out before even Mark Emmert sent that statement and said, okay, the winter, the winter championships have been canceled. But I think that to me, that feels like the world we're living in now. And we're just stretching it out over a longer period of time. But the same sort of things are happening that happened on that day with some people in denial, some, some people very optimistic, some people very pessimistic, nobody really making a decision. We're trying to figure out what it means for the competition, but then there's this looming sense of, oh, this thing's going to get canceled any minute now. That's that's kind of like how I feel about where we're at right now in, in, in terms of fall sports. I agree. There are a lot of similarities. It's like that was, was 24 hours. This is one month, right? It's like a yeah, it's just taking a 24 motion, hour moment, right? turning it into a 30 day moment. I do yeah, think yeah. that there's a big difference is that the amount football. of money is so big. But see, it was so basketball big. then, right? It was yeah, but that's not the right? same. That was like yeah. money that like NCAA makes, I think. I don't think the schools make that much money in, in March Madness, but the schools make money in football. So I think that's the big yeah. difference, right? Yeah. So And also like – there's it's one thing. All right, we lose oh, we lose all this money, March Madness. But like to then double down and lose even more. That's when it becomes because right. like, they've right, already well, lost the money, right? Yes. Yeah, we can't keep losing money. And then also there's like that thing is like, all right, well I always think like if it's unsafe to play football or to run cross country in November of 2020, why do we think it's safe to run indoors in January of 2021? What's the difference between November twenty twenty November cross country you know but like and then if you say like all right well January twenty twenty one we need a we can't do it then it's like okay then why is February twenty twenty one safe it's just a few days later you know it's like my whole idea of like why is twenty six meters twenty six millimeters in a shoe (laughs) the big bad height but twenty five is okay like why do we create these arbitrary cutoff points that we just like you know I mean. The, well, uh, I think what they're, the gov- they're the not governor of New York that, said that said chicken wings aren't a substitute for meals to for bar to be open, and then everyone made jokes which about is like a, I eat, I eat chicken wings for you. dinner. I know because I actually speaking of chicken wings, this is subliminal marketing. So you had the 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 meme of Governor Cuomo saying chicken wings aren't dinner, right? And everyone's like, I like chicken wings, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you had Lou Williams. In the NBA, who went to buy chicken wings at his favorite strip club in Atlanta, and he talked about how they really love the lemon pepper chicken wings there. And all the NBA beat reporters are like, "Actually, the the Magic City chicken wings are for sure the choice of the place." <laughs> and they said the lemon pepper can go no wrong. And apparently, Lou Williams is named after the lemon pepper wings are named after Lou Williams. Anyway, all this chicken wing content coming into my Twitter feed. You know what I did last night? I ordered forty dollars mm. worth of chicken wings from Pluckers, and so I got some chicken wings to eat the rest of the day today and tomorrow. And it's only forty dollars because there was a there was like you know you get to purchase a minimum order of thirty dollars, and then I got a couple things on top. <laughs> but anyway, the chicken wings are really good, and it just shows that like when people talk about something often on your feed subliminally, you're like, I kind of want that. And so 
I got my chicken wings. That's my chicken win uh, rant of the day. I don't even remember how we got there. I know it happened about <laughs> a minute ago, and it's already out of my mind of how we got from canceling indoors to, to there. But you uh, you made the transition there. Well done. Tip of the cap to you, yeah. Gordon. There was one time in high school I was sitting with my boys watching TV. That's what boys do, watch TV. And a Taco Bell ad came on. And it was like 10.30 at night. And it was like a Friday night. We're like, whatever, just hanging out. Taco Bell ad came on. We're just, we weren't doing anything. We weren't really talking. We we're just watching TV. The ad came on. And then like the new next ad came on, right? We just looked at mm-hmm, each other. Mm-hmm. We didn't say anything. We just all got up and we got into the car. And we went, we went and we bought Taco Bell at like 10.30 at night. Without, we didn't be like, hey, man. We didn't want to admit that it was the ad, but we're like, dude, that's so good. And we literally saw an ad on TV, got up, put on our shoes, got into a car, drove like 15 minutes to a local Taco Bell joint and ate Taco Bell. And I was like, damn, advertisement, man. They know how to get to you. They know how it works. There's a reason it works. It works. Mm -hmm. And that's why Mayor Cuomo said chicken wings aren't dinner. And why we're, we may not have false sports, I think, is the, the moral of the story, right? Yes. Yes. And for me, it's not right. dinner. We, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For, yeah. I was going to say, if they, said that about, if they said that about fries, then Lincoln would not eat anything on our trips to cover meats. If, if they said fries aren't dinner, Lincoln would be out front <laughs> protesting um, <laughs> daily. He would be there constantly. Make fries matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would, be, he would be all up on it. All right. We'll leave it there. Flow track podcast at gmail.com. It will be, I think Gordon and Lincoln again tomorrow because schedule's a little wonky this week because Gordon's going on vacation, like we mentioned before, but we'll have a pod the next couple days. Thanks to Alon for producing. We'll talk to you guys soon.